Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason on Inside Sources. Will President Biden run for a second term in 2024? He continues to say that he thinks so. The staff seems to be planning and gearing up for all of that. And yet the president has held off on announcing a re-election bid. And the silence has led a number of allies to question whether or not uh, the president will actually go at it for a second time around. And there are Democrats quietly and some not so quietly waiting and preparing in the wings. Uh, Fantastic piece in Politico today. Uh, Biden may not run and top Dems are quietly preparing. And uh, one of the authors of that piece, uh, Christopher uh, Catalogo, joins us on the line. He's a White House correspondent at Politico. And uh, Christopher, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Uh, This is a a great piece. And uh, a, a lot of people uh, again, even in and around the president, uh, the president does tend to take his time on these kind of big decisions. He tends to go back and forth a lot uh, on these. And is that what we're seeing? Is it just kind of the president hesitating and uh, doing a lot of rehashing? Uh, what's what's your sense from your sources? He talks to a lot of people um, sort of, you know, maybe not directly about the subjects, uh, subject itself, um, you know, maybe not posing uh, the question so bluntly about running again, but he he takes a lot of sort of incoming information about sort of where we stand, uh, where he stands, you know, what sort of time we're in. Um, and, you know, you go back to 2016 when he was vice president, obviously, and, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton was was um, was looking at it. And um, you go back to his previous runs, um, we mentioned in the piece um, all of the deliberations that went into choosing Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, that was a, he had put out sort of two timelines publicly, you know, being pressed in some of these gaggles and uh, press conference situations where he said he hoped to make a decision by a certain date and then kind of skipped over those dates. And so we've, we've just seen time and again on a lot of these very big decisions, not just running for office, but other big decisions where Joe Biden, um, the president, has really taken his time. And I think um, there are a few things going on here. He had an interview recently where he said he, he just wasn't ready to make the decision. Um, even the folks around the president, staff, advisors who, um, who do believe he will ultimately um, jump into this race, um, uh, have have said that um, he has not made a final decision on that, and so um, part of this is is just Biden. Now, I don't I, I don't know if you were going to get to this, but they do have some specific reasons why he may not want to get in yet, um, including some technical ones like uh, you know the financial quarter that he would be raising money and um, not feeling a huge need to do that because of less pressure from within his own. Uh, party after a better than expected midterm. So there there are some logistics there that uh, might make sense. But 
um, you know, they were shooting for February. There was a time where people were um, uh, around the president were talking about that date post State of the Union uh, to get in. And, and, and now they're talking April. So, um, you know, it, it, it the wait continues. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, And obviously when that uh, silence starts to hover over Washington, D.C., a lot of things fill that. And uh, uh, as you rightly mentioned, there are some practical tacticals in terms of the, the fundraising quarter. Obviously, he's dealing with some pretty big world events going on as well. Uh, but in that that absence of a definitive path for the president, uh, it has caused a lot of others uh, to kind of rev the engines at least a little bit, just in case. Uh, give us a sense of, of who is uh, highest on the engine rev when it comes to jumping in if the president so We have diverse. a number of people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a number of uh folks that we've been talking about and whose teams, um, you know, and, and advisors we've been talking to. Uh, we quote a congressman in the story, Ro Khanna from California, who says that he, he believes that if Joe Biden um, uh, steps aside and doesn't run for a second term, that Bernie Sanders will mount another run, obviously, as a, a progressive uh, candidate in the party. Um, but there are others from um, 2020, you'll remember the 2019 primary um, other senators, folks like Amy Klobuchar, um, uh, another one who uh, may or may not, Elizabeth Warren, both of them, um, we would note, have re-election campaigns mm-hmm. coming up in the same year. So there are a number of things you could do when you're in a re-election, including traveling to other states and raising money and doing events, um, that, uh, you know, those federal dollars kind of can can be switched over to another uh, another run for office, including for president. And then, of course, there's a governor. So much attention has been on these governors um, from J.B. Pritzker in Illinois um, to Gavin Newsom in California. Obviously, Newsom having uh, survived a recall, then easily winning re-election. Pritzker just won re-election uh, fairly easily last fall. Um, so these are sort of the the, uh, the next generation of Democrats. And, of course, you know, would be uh, really remiss if we didn't talk about the vice president. I mean, um, you know, some Democrats a little bit worried about her performance so far, but you saw the um, primary calendar, which I think we've talked about, uh, that Joe Biden sort of um, shaped on his own after after winning um, the White House, uh, which, you know, mixes it up a little bit and puts um, the state that really helped deliver him the nomination, South Carolina, way up front, uh, uh, potentially brings Michigan into the uh, early fold and and demotes Iowa. And that's a calendar, you know, we would see how she would do, um, the vice president, but that's a calendar that certainly could favor her. She's uh, taking a trip to South Carolina to do some 
spelling of the uh, administration's agenda coming up soon. And it's a state that, you know, she's been back to a lot and has some uh, some real connections to. It's a state she traveled to by far the most when she ran. Uh, for president herself in 2019. Yeah, no question. And uh, so all of those get really interesting. Uh, And then uh, you you pointed out so many great pieces in your article in terms of what this means historically, what that would look like, uh, the president's indecisiveness, uh, creating some of this interesting and sometimes awkward space. Do you think that this delay, and, and if it's even into April or May, do you think any of these who are kind of revving or testing the engine, do you think there's anyone in that group that maybe gets to April and says, well, you know what, I think we've got enough juice, uh, we could probably take on the president? Uh, anybody in that space yet? At the moment, um, it does not seem like so. I mean, these folks have been pretty explicit so far, and you know, I think we tend to believe them at least, uh, at least now looking at this uh, in February, um, that, that they would, they would really only consider it if, if Joe Biden were to indicate that he was not running. I mean, that, that seems to be, now that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, folks might not get in in New Hampshire. Obviously there's some, um, consternation there about that primary calendar I just mentioned, uh, cause they were so used to being, um, you know, uh, first up there after the caucuses. And I think, um, that might kind of create an uh, opportunity for sort of a protest candidate. Mm-hmm. But but this, the, these sort of heavy hitter, you know, um, uh, A-list type um, politicians, elected officials, whether they're governors or U.S. senators, um, at the moment, it, it, it does not seem like there's much of an appetite to to get in and um, and challenge the president in a, in a primary. Yeah, it's always interesting to see if anyone will have a, a Nikki Haley moment and, and decide to, uh, to jump in and, and do that. Uh, great reporting, great writing. I know it was a, a tag team effort there, Christopher. Uh, Christopher. Yes. Christopher Catalogo, uh, White House correspondent for Politico. It's a great piece. You should check that out today. And Christopher, we'll be checking in as this uh, continues on. The president uh, continues to, to hesitate and vacillate a little bit. We'll see what that means uh, as we continue it forward. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. Quick update. Coming up, we're going to talk to Utah Governor Spencer Cox about an exciting new immigration initiative, a really interesting tag team op-ed that he penned. And we'll talk about that with the governor coming up next. Stick around. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.